All right, welcome in episode 151 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Jadon. Let's get going today for our 151st time Hot Grits Podcast. I hate LeBron James. When God created Adam and Eve, the next thing he did was yell at the referee. But first, some sports. All right, let's get going here on episode 151. A um, little bit different today. We got Mike Anthony at the end of the episode returning for the top four draft with me. Top four fast food spots is what Mike and I start with. We're going to do that every week from here on out. Uh, Chad Maxwell, the WTOC sports anchor before that. Uh, Chad and I talked for a while on Monday for about 20 to 25 minutes. Um, so you'll hear that interview before Mike and I do the top 24 draft. Um, Chad and I cover a lot of things, some of his bio and how he arrived in Savannah um, in October um, and kind of how he's found it to be so far, Savannah as a city and then the job as the WTOC sports anchor. Um, Okay, so that's coming up. But first, some sports. Braves have started spring training. They're four games in. After Tuesday against the Twins, uh, Ian Anderson got shellacked on the mound. That's one of the storylines to watch this spring. Obviously, we'll talk a lot more about the Braves as the spring moves along and and once we get past sort of the March Madness stage of uh, the sports calendar. But, you know, quickly on the Braves, I guess just some takeaways for things to watch in these 33 spring training games. Um, Well, I should say, let's see, 29 Spring training games remain now. Not a math guy. Um, Who's going to win the fifth starter spot? I would say that's Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka. Front runners, um, and then names to watch, maybe Colby Allard, former Braves farmhand. Uh, Bryce Elder could have a shot. Jared Schuster, a 24-year-old lefty, um, who I like a lot uh, as kind of a swing man. But, but a lot of the parts of this Braves roster are set. We know about left field. What are they going to do with Marcelo Zuna in the DH spot now that Sean Murphy is going to be catching? For a majority of the time, you would think Travis Dargo, go, 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 go. You would think he would be the DH for at least two to three times a week. So where does Marcelo Zuna fit in? Is he worth the trouble? that he causes you. He had a quote earlier, um, uh, maybe like two weeks ago, where he said something to the effect of, he doesn't pay attention to the haters, only the people that love him, um, and all this stuff, and, and he ignores the haters. Well, it's his own doing that he has haters. It says, off-the-field troubles combined with his on-the-field lack of production that makes people dislike Marcelo Zuna, duh. So those are two spots to watch. And then obviously the shortstop spot, Vaughn Grissom, Orlando Arcia. I think Grissom is going to break camp with the big club. 
Um, I think RCS stays with the club, obviously, because he can play shortstop when Grissom's not. He can play second base when Ozzy Albies, who also will be used as a DH, I would think, in the early going to spare him, um, while also keeping his bat in the lineup. So the shortstop spot, I think Grissom's going to win that job, but that's obviously one to monitor. What about the new rules, the pitch clock rules that already got the Braves once? Um, there's the hitter and the pitcher. Both have to be you know, ready, set, and starting the pitch, starting the sequence in a certain amount of time. So the batter has to be in the box and ready and alert, I think is the word they use, with eight seconds left on that pitcher's pick, pitch clock. If he's not, then it's a strike, and if you have two strikes, then you're out. Um, I think so far, let's see, I have this thing here, 34 pitch clock violations through games played on February 27th. So that's 19 games, spring training games, for all teams, 34 violations. So, again, not a math guy, roughly 1.7. That's something to watch. The new bases, the bigger bases, they do look cool. I like that. Um, And look, the pitch clock stuff is shaving time off the game. And that's what they're going to have to do. I think they're going to be way more lenient once the regular season comes. But, you know, when the spring training uh, games are taking place, they're going to be very strict to try to set some sort of precedent. Who knows how well it'll be enforced, um, you know, come regular season time. I have a feeling it won't be. It won't be enforced, um, you know, that much. Certainly not as much as it is now. The shift, the banning of the shift... Uh, I haven't seen much in the way of like teams trying to go with two-man outfields or trying to send their players in motion, like when the pitch is thrown. Uh, you know, I, MLB teams are always going to try to find ways to cheat these rules, or not cheat them, but skirt them. Um, and so I, I do expect that to happen with the shift as well. I just don't know what that will look like. So the Braves are getting ready for opening day March 30th uh, in Washington against the Nationals. And then and then they play a really tough schedule to start. I think they got the Cardinals, the Padres, and the Astros all in like the first five series of the year. But at least you get to start with Washington, who really sucks. You know who doesn't suck? You know who never needs a spring training? He just wakes up ready to go. John Carr. He's the number one real estate agent in the world, folks. 912-228-0916. 912-228-0916 to call or text John Carr at Seaport Real Estate. Buying or selling real estate in this area, you got to call John Carr and you got to tell him that the Hot Grits podcast sent you. Text or call John Carr, 912-228-0916. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, local sports before we get to my interview with Chad Maxwell. Uh, Elite Eight basketball. Four of the five Savannah teams in the GHSA boys' brackets uh, won their Sweet 16 games. Savannah High lost 57-54 to at Swainsboro. So, Wednesday night, March 1st at 6 p.m. All four games tipping off at 6 p.m. Wednesday night, March 1st, Elite Eight Games in Savannah. Madison County at Benedictine. Sandy Creek at Johnson, which is the game, the marquee game across the entire state. 
Wednesday night. Uh, that's number two, Sandy Creek, at number one, ranked Johnson. Columbia at Windsor Forest in the 2A bracket, and then Kings Ridge at Woodville in the 1A D1 bracket. Again, all those games tipping off Wednesday night at 6 p.m. All right, elsewhere in the high school local sports world, we had um, some news coming out of Calvary, and I wanted to just touch on this quickly. A lot of changes at Calvary over the last month or two, and none of these are necessarily good. None of these are necessarily bad. It's just notable that there's a lot of changes going on there. We knew about Russell DeMossi leaving from the offensive coordinator position and his role leading the Calvary Athletics Academy in favor of taking the job with Wayne State. So Russell took the job with Wayne State as the offensive coordinator there under head coach Tyrone Whitley. So that was a departure. We also knew about Jackie Hamilton, the longtime girls head basketball coach. He announced that this was his last season um, last month. Then, uh, over the weekend, we learned, uh, I learned, and, and I reported that Chad Carver was out as the head basketball coach at Calvary um, in favor of Scepter Brownlee. Scepter Brownlee, S-C-E-P-T-E-R, Brownlee. Uh, now the new head basketball coach at Calvary, boys head basketball coach. Um, and then Sean Hardy, out as the athletic director, Philip Lee. Calvary alum, head baseball coach, um, will take over the reins of Calvary's athletic director roles. So that's a lot of changeover, right? And I just wanted to point that out because, you know, those could all be great hires. They could all be great choices. Um, They could all be decisions that had to be made. Who knows why any of the decisions were made? It could be, you know, people resigning, people wanting to leave, people being forced to leave. Who knows? But the, the fact remains that the most successful athletics program in this city, bar none, is Benedictine. And what happens at Savannah Country Day, Calvary, and look, Savannah Christian, there have been changes there too. Okay? The athletic director's job, notably, could be There could be a new name in that Savannah Christian Athletic Director role soon. I'll leave it at that. Um, But we know the changes at Calvary. We know the changes at Country Day. I mean, Country Day is the the poster child for changeover in in athletics. And then Savannah Christian to a lesser degree. But you know who doesn't do that is Benedictine, the most successful athletics program in this city and one of the most successful in the entire state. Think about the athletic leadership at Benedictine. Danny Britt, been there forever. Kevin Farmer, been there forever. Even the head boys soccer coach, been there forever. Frank Williams now has a great thing going with BC in the Elite Eight for the first time since, I think, 1956 in boys basketball. He's been there several, several years now. So they have consistency, especially at their head coaching spots. They really have consistency at their assistant coaching spots, across most sports as well. And what does that lead to? Success. So that's what places like Calvary, Savannah Christian, and Country Day should be aiming for. They should be aiming for consistency in the athletics leadership 
department. Savannah Christian, in my opinion, is the closest to having that consistency. And Calvary, it seems like, is trying to settle in on a philosophy, on a direction there, and trying to maintain some sort of consistency with their athletics leadership. They've still managed to do pretty well. Savannah Christian done pretty well. Country Day, all things considered, also done pretty well. But none of them hold a candle to what BC has done. And I think it has a lot to do with the leadership staying consistent. All right, last thing here. Speaking of leadership, HCP CDOTW this week is Mark Emmert, the NCAA president. Tuesday, February 28th, his last day on the job. So thank God that Mark Emmert is out at the NCAA. He accomplished nothing during his time as president of the NCAA, um, and he really took advantage of a lot of amateur men and women, point blank. So his career death celebrated this week on HGP. Congrats, Mark Emmert, on winning the HGP Celebrity Death of the Week. All right, let's get to it now. An ad and then my interview with WTOC sports anchor Chad Maxwell, followed by Top 4 Draft with Mike Anthony. We'll see you guys next week on episode 152. Stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. The Lady and Sons Restaurant, a segment sponsor here on the Hot Grits Podcast, 102 West Congress Street. Lady and Sons, you guys probably know the name, Paula Dean, Jamie Dean. Uh, they have their restaurant, obviously, at 102 West Congress Street, but then the store right next door, literally right next door to the restaurant, also on Congress Street, open seven days a week, 11 to 9, Monday through Thursday, and then 11 to 10 on Friday and Saturdays. 912-233-2600, 912-233-2600 is the number for Lady and Sons. Find them on Facebook and ladyandsons.com. All right, welcome back. We are joined now by Chad Maxwell, WTOC sports anchor, first-time HGP guest. Chad has been in Savannah now for a few months. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I feel like this is a rite of passage getting to come on here. (laughs) Yeah, someone told you to say that, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) All right, so let's start first, Chad, with kind of how you arrived in Savannah um, when you're in, and you know, when you're in Indiana or in Illinois, I guess, you, but you came here from Fort Wayne, correct? Yep. Yeah. It's been a bit of a crazy journey. Um, by Savannah, by way of Fort Wayne, by way of Chicago. Um, yeah. Previous to Savannah, I was working for the ABC affiliate in Fort Wayne. After eight months there, they wanted me to become a news anchor. I said, no, thank you. And then saw a sports opening in Savannah and jumped on it. So when you're like applying, and I'm curious about this kind of shit, like when, when you're applying to jobs that are at a place like Savannah and you're in Fort Wayne, do you spend any time at all like looking at Savannah before applying or do you just apply and then look at the city afterwards, like after a job has been offered or an interview has been granted? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of Savannah, I knew it was in the Southeast. I knew the weather was going to be way better. I knew it was a chance to get out of the Midwest and the six months of winter. And then, you know, I did do a little research on Savannah before applying. I saw the sports culture, saw that, you know, the Georgia football, the prevalence of that, the good high school sports. And then my mom's also in Florida. 
So I knew I'd be a lot closer to her. And then, yeah, I mean, so definitely research before applying because I wasn't just going to jump on the next opportunity. I was going to be a little more picky. But yeah, yeah, I could not be happier with ending up here. So, and, and if I remember correctly, I've seen and read a, a little bit about you, Chad. Did you start, you started in radio, right? Yeah. So my first job in the industry was for a sports talk station in Chicago as a producer and then update anchor. So like every 30 minutes updating the stuff on, on air. Um, that's how I actually got my first TV opportunity too, because the radio was broadcasted on television and that was the worst television performance you will ever see in the history of Chicago television. Um, but yeah, kind of grown since then. <laughs> that's I've always been fascinated by like the radio and there's always so many characters in the, and especially sports radio. But wait, so you were the guy that was doing like the, uh, telling people every half hour if the bulls won last night or not. Yeah, exactly. So you'd kind of write out like a minute 30 script every 30 minutes, but then I was behind the scenes producing the show. So creating like the show intros, which is kind of a lot of fun because you get to kind of like pick songs that relate with the games or relate with the outcomes or like, yeah. you know, fun sound bites or YouTube videos. But TV was always definitely the goal. So I jumped from the radio station to a network called the Comcast Network in Chicago, Yeah, which did a lot of um, high school sports coverage, like live game coverage. And then also um, in terms of pro sports, we got to cover like the Cubs and Sox charity events and stuff like that. So it was, but then... When the pandemic hit, they lost all their advertising, so I lost that, which is yeah, what the, led to four. Yeah, the, the pandemic. Well, yeah. So I guess that is a, a kind of blessing in disguise. There, you know, taking you to Fort Wayne. Would you have like how long do you think you would have been in Chicago? You think you would have stayed there for a while had it not been for the pandemic, sort of forcing your hand. Um, well, the Comcast stuff was freelance, uh -huh. so becoming like a full time anchor was always the goal. And yeah, I mean, so yeah, it is a blessing in disguise. Like at the time when you lose your job, you're obviously kind of down in the dumps, but keeping your head up and just focusing on what's next. I was actually spending about six months driving Uber Eats in between Comcast and Fort Wayne, just kind of applying to different stations, had a couple bites, but nothing too serious. And then Fort Wayne offered and I jumped out there. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm a little familiar with Fort Wayne just because um, the Sand Nats former owners yeah. hardball capital i think owned the fort wayne minor league team too yeah I don't know the tin caps yeah tin caps yeah oh man their apparel is the best yeah that was probably the best part about fort wayne i mean that stadium like i think it was i think it won like minor league stadium of the year in 2021 or 2020 um but yeah. it's funny because the stadium in fort wayne actually blew away the stadium in indianapolis for their minor league team yeah, and I don't think uh, – look, I love Grayson Stadium. I don't think it's winning minor league stadium of the year. In <laughs> like, I don't think that that's the venue. But that's part of the vintage feel, right? Yeah, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always, like – I've always thought that you don't have to, like, take away the historical stuff in order to improve – like, and I guess, you know, Wrigley Field in a lot of ways – you can, there's a lot of the same sort of gripes. The clubhouses are so small and I don't know if they've redone it recently, but you know, it's that. Yeah, so they actually gutted Wrigley field, kept the same vintage field, but gutted the clubhouses. Um, it's actually probably like three years worth of work. And then they added the massive jumbotron and left center, um, added a couple other scoreboards and it still has that vintage feel, but they definitely did a great job. Like they enhanced the neighborhood too. 
like some of the old timers are kind of upset about it, but like it needed to happen. Yeah, you're always going to have those people, but but you know, in terms of Grayson Stadium, the problem is that that a it's dubbed a historical like landmark, so there's certain things that you can and can't do, and then b it's you know it's always in like a five year lease whether it was the sand nats or the bananas. And so it's like, you know, is the city going to invest in it? They probably don't want to do that. Not knowing what's down the line. Are the bananas going to do it? They probably don't want to do that if they don't own the thing. So it's sort of always been like that for as long as I can remember. Yeah. I'm sure the bananas are bringing in enough money now to kind of make some major changes if they want to. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they wanted to Chad, if they wanted to, but, and, and I wrote about this a few months ago when they announced or in August when they announced um, that they were leaving the Coastal Plain League, the Collegiate Summer uh, Woodbat League. Like, really, they don't – does it feel like the Bananas need Savannah at all? I mean, I know they want – you know, and they're happy here and stuff like that, but it feels like they could go play on the moon and, and attract 8,000 people. Yeah, it's crazy. Their social media presence is insane. It would be nice to have a true minor league team in Savannah, though, I will say that, or at least in southeast Georgia in terms of coverage. Yeah. Well, so when the Sand Nats were here, they were the low A affiliate of the um, New York Mets. And I worked on the okay. grounds crew for six years um, and through high school and college. And so I saw, man, I probably saw 500 low A baseball games o- over that time. And a lot of different players, but it, it, you know, it just sucked because it didn't matter if they were good or not. Like that didn't affect the attendance numbers. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, then, I, I always remind people about that when they say, oh, like, it'd be nice to have real baseball here. Like, oh, the bananas are taking real baseball, but they didn't show up when real baseball was here. So that's part of it. Right. I selfishly say it for coverage during the down months. Once all the high school <laughs> yeah. sports are done, those the late June, July, early August, how many high school football previews can you do? So it's always it was nice in Fort Wayne to have at least like a minute 30 of your sports block dedicated to that team. <laughs> Oh man, I, you know, I've never thought about that. Like TV, you guys just have a, such a completely different job than writing because it's, yeah, you're right. Like in the middle of June, like, you know, you're hoping there's a football camp or something like, or some right. guys coming back to host something or do something. Cause you got to fill up that time no matter what. I guess the Braves would be, are you, do you guys yeah. do like, regular brave segments every night i guess during the yeah fall. honestly like probably july and early august up until football i'd say the braves are likely the lead unless like a prominent um area athlete comes back and has a camp that type of situation yeah um yeah tv is a different animal man i have so much respect <laughs> for you guys to be able to do that so okay so since you've been in savannah um let's do a cliche question here best part Best part or or most surprising part, I'll let you pick. Best part and then the toughest part of your job as WTOC sports anchor. Best part, 1A, the weather. <laughs> 1B, meeting an incredible girl. And no then, way. Since you moved here? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the reaction. Yeah. That's um, huge. Yeah, I mean, the weather, um, I mean, I hate being that guy to my buddies, but like being able, like just texting them like the forecast for the week while they're back in the Midwest sitting in 10 degrees and then it's like 75 down here, being able to go golf on a Monday, you know what I mean? In, do they act January. like, do your friends act like they don't care? Like, oh, it's not that bad here? Like they're trying to- No, they're over it. Everyone's over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I'd be because over it too, Chad. With the weather in the Midwest. What's that? <laughs> I said I'd be over it too if like one of my buddies was in uh, like you know mid seventies weather and I and I was freezing my ass off in Chicago. Yeah, especially because I mean the thing about the winter in the Midwest is it's like it's not just like three months, like it stretches into early May. Like getting to shoot the Savannah State baseball game yesterday in eighty degree weather and shorts was like a gift because I remember last year in mid May in Fort Wayne. I was shooting a softball game and could not even feel my hands on the camera. And like, you really just like, you get over it quick. Like, (laughs) yeah, dude, that sounds, I mean, that sounds brutal. So one, a, I I think Chad, you you probably want to switch a and B there in terms of the girl (laughs) and the weather, but, but I'll let you deal with that. Uh, So the weather and meeting a lovely girl, what about the toughest part? I mean, like, I think we can just speak honestly here. It's, not, you know, you don't have like a hundred people working for you. You don't have a bunch of people like that you can divvy up stuff to. You're having to do a lot of it. Um, I mean, what is like, I imagine that's pretty tough. Yeah, but it's a challenge that I knew I was taking and yeah. um, taking it head on. I do feel bad definitely during times when, you know, we've got games in multiple counties and I kind of have to pick one or two counties out of the four. Like I, I really dislike leaving certain teams and families out of the coverage. Um, so that's yeah. a difficult battle, but overall, man, I mean, I love, I love the battle. I, I, I kind of pride myself on a good work ethic. So I'd say the toughest part really has just been learning every single team, especially in the low country too. You know, there's just a lot of ground to cover, but going yeah, on. You mean the high easier, schools? Yeah. High school. Oh yeah. Sure. There's so many of them, man. And then the public and private, like trying to. Yeah, sort so, out. Right, so that's right. That right there is the toughest. So in Illinois and Indiana, we had just six classes. And obviously in Georgia, you have classes with regions. So that's kind of been throwing my brain through a pretzel. But oh, shit. so y'all didn't even have like, so you would just have what we have here, like class 3A. You would just have 3A. You wouldn't have. Class 3A. Yep. Wow. So there were like so six. That, I bet that is crazy. Yeah, so this is definitely a it's it's a little bit of a brain pretzel. But Jake Wallace, um, who's spending a lot of time watching Blippy with his children now instead of working with us, um, classic he, Wallace. I know Jake well. <laughs> classic Wallace. So he was a huge, huge help when I got here in terms of that. Like honestly, without Jake, I don't know if I would be having the what I think is success that I've been having so far, and that's that's a fact. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think people around here that pay attention to the coverage, and I will say this, Chad, there's, you probably already know this, there's always, like, there's definitely more people paying attention to your stuff and, and the other stations than than I think you realize, or I think some of us realize sometimes. Um, yeah. And and I think that the most, like, the first thing and the best thing to do, which you've done, is, is to show up, just just be there in the gym you know, at the field, whatever it is. And once you do that a few times, like it's, you know, people start to realize who you are pretty quickly, I think. And you've already, I think you've already accomplished that, um, you know, at least sort of in my eyes. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you about Georgia Southern football too, because this is one of those things that's like, when you come down here and especially Savannah, like this market, the TV stations and the print, publications here like you know we're not in statesboro but georgia southern football is a huge part of the coverage in the fall for all of these media outlets but it's also like you're not 
paying attention to Georgia Southern football while you're in Fort Wayne. And so you sort of have to like dive into the history and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, I doubt that you've started that process yet, but, but have you been told anything or, or yeah, I got here in October. So I had about a month and a half worth of Southern coverage and, oh, okay. um, you know, Dale Kennedy, Mr. Georgia Southern, he gave me the whole rundown on the history and everything, but in terms of where they're going right now, I think Clay Helton is going to build a juggernaut in the, in the Sun Belt. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they got that higher, right? I do. So you're familiar with the rabidness of that fan base. Like, I, oh, yeah, absolutely. Most people yeah. don't realize, including myself, I like I was born and raised here, Chad, and I didn't realize it until I started covering Georgia Southern in, in 2018. Though that fan base is fanatical. Oh yeah, there's no way I was out in Mon- I was out in Montgomery with them, and the clear cut difference between fans on each side. Granted, I mean it was a much shorter drive for Southern fans, but sure, I don't know if you saw like they ran Montgomery out of alcohol, like in downtown Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was legendary, legendary. <laughs> and, and then, then the they, uh, too, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, then the pep rally, and then the um, what was it before the kickoff? It was like. A bunch of people couldn't – they got in the game late. Like they were there like three hours early tailgating, and then they got in the game late. Um, I don't think Montgomery was ready for that, for that fan base. No, even though it was they their second time. Weren't. That was definitely like – and then I know Montgomery got called out about it. We did a – I know Dale did a segment on the news about that. But, yeah, I don't think they expected that sort of turnout. And I don't know what they would have done because Buffalo fans weren't even able to get there because of the weather at the time. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. both fan bases were there, I think there would have been people that showed up and, like, never even got into the game because I'm pretty sure there was, like, only two gates open. And, yeah. That's wild. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, in terms of Georgia Southern fans, it's made covering that, that team, like, a ton of fun. It's, yeah, looking and really looking forward to getting going with them next fall. Yeah, I found that, yeah, that, that, that fan base and that interaction, um, you know, over – hundreds of stories like that kind of fueled me in a way that I don't necessarily know Chad, if it's healthy or not, that like <laughs> that, that kind of stuff gets me going and like makes, I think makes me work harder. Um, it, but is that how you are too? Like, are you competitive in this, like in this field? Yeah. I mean, I try to like give my best no matter what, but I will say like when you're cutting a Georgia Southern game, you know, numbers are going to be watching it. So you know, like when it goes on social media, there's going to be a lot of people watching it. So yeah, I would say it adds a little extra fuel to the what you want your final product to be, no doubt. Yeah, and you having uh, you having Dow there too, like you're right, Mister Georgia Southern. Um, I'm sure he's invaluable with that. Um, all right, so let's see what else here. You said that you're able to play golf now, like on you know in months where you weren't able to in Chicago. Uh, what have you found the golf scene to be like here? Uh, so I've played at one course because it's the cheapest. <laughs> Ooh, I feel uh, like I want to guess. Go ahead. Is it is it Bacon Park? La Vida? Is it La Vida? La Vida. I love La Vida. Yeah, yeah no, it's a challenging course. It's good stuff. It and really can, is, man. People sleep on it because it's a nine-hole track, but like it plays as a true 18 because, you know, the pars are different, and you got like, right. to be able to move it both ways out there. Number four – I think that like there's a the the first par five, um well no not 
the first part five. Anyway, the, there's number four. And earlier this year, we did a top four draft of worst golf holes in Savannah, like hardest <laughs> golf holes. And, and that was definitely high up on the selections. Yeah, it forces you to use your whole bag, too. And you got to kind of lay up. I'm not going to call him out, but somebody I work with, meteorologist Dylan Smith, always tries to uh, drive the trees, you know what I mean, instead of just hitting at the 180 yeah. first. And that, that can really affect you for sure. Well, don't don't feel bad um, for the nameless Dylan Smith out there uh, because <laughs> I play with dudes all the time. They're always trying. They're like, oh, I'm going to carve it around these trees right. over the water. And it's like, yeah, dude, but you just took ba- like back-to-back double bogeys. Like, what do you think's right, going to happen right. here? Right. It's a fun course, though. I mean, it's it's challenging, no doubt. Yeah. What's, what's, a, what's a course, next course to attack that you recommend? So, I mean, like, if you're looking for that price range, which I'm always – like, I'm down to spend money on a golf round if it's, like, planned ahead and stuff. But, like, if you're talking about a weekday round, maybe, and, and you're playing by yourself – Bacon Park in the middle of Savannah is probably like the most convenient. Um, and I would, I would put it at maybe like a half star below La Vida. Um, yeah. Then you also have Southbridge, which is kind of out by where, where your WTOC offices are. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a pretty, um, fun track. And it's like, you got to do it a lot of different things. Um, and then I think my yeah. favorite, my favorite one. To play, it's a it, you know it's a little more pricey. Is Savannah Harbor, which is right over the bridge, there. But sometimes you can find like golf now deals over there. Yeah, I'm not like a golf snob. I I don't even have uh, covers on my clubs. I try, I just kind of go out and try to get a few good shots. <laughs> oh, neither do I. Neither do I, bro. You want to hear something crazy? Is that I don't have a set of clubs. Like each one of my clubs are different. Like I don't have like my four iron through nine iron. I have uh, like six, seven, and eight are the same brand, and then four, <laughs> four, five, and nine are different brands. That's which the is, gritty in you. Yeah, which is which is not ideal, and that's um, that's one way to shoot a ninety-five, which is what I do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, I think you'll find there's a lot of, you know, less than fifty-dollar rounds in Savannah, yeah, which is idea. another thing that we take for granted here. Um, yeah, no doubt. Especially because back up north in the Midwest, because you can only golf like four to five months out of the year. I mean, yeah. you're not finding routes for under 50 bucks. That's just a fact. And I imagine you have to like plan out your tee times. Like you got to like actually call ahead and book a tee time. Most places yeah. here, you just like, if you call and try to book a tee time, they'll be like, yeah, come on out. Yeah. Yeah. I know guys up north who will like refresh their golf now app to see if anything opens. That's how crazy it is. <laughs> I'll be honest. I still do that, but, um, that's a, that's a me problem. I think. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap up chat. I wanted to talk for a second quickly about high school hoops here. Um, uh, elite eight coming up on Wednesday night. What are your thoughts on the remaining? Let, let's just stick to the boys GHSA team. So that's Windsor yep. Benedictine Johnson and Woodville. Um, anything stand out for you for the, for those four teams? Well, I'll start by saying this. When I moved here, I was told this is a football community, mm-hmm. but and that not to be that excited about the basketball, but the talent here is legit, and I just want to put that out there first. Um, and between John, I mean, Benedictine is scrappy, like a real scrappy team. Like they're going to defend, they're going to rebound. Whether or not that gets them to the Final Four, we'll see. But, yeah. I mean, they're playing their butts off right now. And that sophomore, Caleb Jones, I believe his name is, Mm -hmm. he's really evolving 
at shooting guard for them. And if he continues to play like that, who knows how far they can go. Um, Windsor on Saturday night, Saturday night looked like, if not 1A, the 1B, 1B team with Johnson. There's no doubt. I mean, the way that they can score the ball and then at least four guys on the floor at a time can hit the three, like they can go on a 12-0 run out of nowhere on you. Um, but yeah, yeah I they're mean, so good, man. And, and I just feel like we all sleep on them. I, I'm not including you, but I'm including myself. Like, and I don't know, I can't ever quite put my finger on why, but Windsor Forest is just sort of like over there and on the South side, like right. kind of hidden away a little bit. The gym's, the gym is, you know, I think it's fair to say below average compared to some of the other gyms around here. Um, but all they do is just keep winning. Yeah, and that, I mean, they're a very, very good basketball team. And those kids are playing very well together. It seems like they all kind of know their spot on the floor and know when to get out of the way, know when to just, you know, kind of hang out on the wing for another player to drive. And like I said, they can all shoot it, which is huge. Yeah. And Johnson, obviously, they have the three-headed monster, but then also a lot of depth behind them. Uh, I think Antonio Baker Jr. can take them as far as they want to go. He's the real deal. Yeah, he's super nice. Have you have you ever had a chance to um, interview him or talk to him yet? Uh, just slightly on the side, but he seems like a real humble kid. You can tell he's a hard worker, the way his body's starting to fill out. And um, I don't know why more colleges haven't reached out to him, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's – I mean, it's a story every year here, man. There's like – and obviously there's stuff – we don't always know for some sure. kids, but like for some kids like Baker, who is seemingly a model student, uh, student athlete right. off the court as well. You know, I don't, I'm not going to speak on his grades. I don't know about that, but like just as far as, you know, his work ethic and stuff on the court and then translating that to doing the right things off the court. I, I don't know why even places like Georgia Southern or Savannah state and places like that aren't, aren't, Offering if him. I'm if I'm either of those schools, I'm taking him in a heartbeat. I mean, not only that, you look at the frame that he has, like he's going to fill out, put on 10 to 15 pounds in school, and he can already shoot it. He's got the explosion. Yeah, stop sleeping on him. And then Alfonso Ross, too, is the same way. That guy, I didn't realize how like built he was. He looks um, like a middle linebacker, yeah. Dude, he really <laughs> does at a school with no football team. And like Woodville – when I looked up and saw their score the other night in the Sweet 16 and saw that Alfonso Ross dropped a 42-piece, yeah. like, they're rolling, too. It's a good time to be um, covering high school hoops in Savannah, but you talked about it earlier, man. Four 6 p.m. games Wednesday night. What's your plan? My plan is to hopefully get someone else with a camera. Um, I know, I know they don't care about the media in terms of when they schedule their games, but if anybody's list, listening, a stagger would help. <laughs> Unreal, man. Um, <laughs> Just... man, I, that's on my, it's on my agenda when we get done here is figuring out what exactly that plan is. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to highlights using... of all four. We will have highlights of all four. I promise you that. All right. Awesome. Chad. Well, Hey, we'll let you go. Appreciate you joining us, man. Um, again, everyone can check him out. Chad Maxwell TV on Twitter. Um, and then WTOC.com slash sports. Um, and then you guys know the nightly newscast there on WTOC. Thanks a lot, Chad. Appreciate you having me, man. All right, welcome back in. The return of the top four draft. Top four drafts with myself and Mikey Anthony. You guys know Mike. Longtime listeners of HGP will know a lot of Mike's takes, but now we'll start getting 
his official draft selections, top four drafts. Um, Mikey, before we tell the people our picks for top four fast food restaurants, um, well, wait, 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 first off, Mike, top four fast food spots is what we're calling it, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So here's what we did. We got like, I texted you and, and basically said like, yo, I want to bring back top four drafts. Obviously a top four draft with just me selecting is, uh, not great content. So what Mike and I plan on just doing, Travis's top four opinions list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I don't walk out the door. It's like I have my keys, my wallet, my phone, and my top four selections for basically every category under the sun. So I, I guess what we decided was we're going to do just a bunch of different categories. And then, you know, later in March, when baseball starts to get underway, regular season baseball, um, we'll do a few baseball ones um, for that. But until then, we'll do we'll just keep them random. And have them pretty much every week, um, you know, at least for the next few months is the plan. Um, all right, Mike, you're going to get the number one overall pick. All right. Um, not a snake draft. Just, okay. to be, just to be clear, to go over the, to go okay. over the rules here. Um, eight total selections, and then we'll have some honorable mentions. Now, here's the rule that Spencer used to always piss me off with. He would always make his selections and then step all over mine. He'd be like, I thought about this place. I thought about that. And they would end up being my pick. So don't you dare do that. <laughs> uh, all right. Kick us off, Mike. Number one. One, one selection for best fast food spots. All right. I know we had some basic parameters. Do you, do you want me to tell the audience what my personal uh, you know, parameters were for what, what went into my thoughts or am I explaining it along the way or uh, how do you, sure. how do you want me to- yeah, yeah 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 you can tell them how you went about it I mean if you want I mean, you can was- give your first selection and then kind of tell what your yeah. thoughts are I mean it was real basic you just told me we're looking for spots not actual items we're not basing this on one thing and I didn't go too far beyond that my only two rules were in order to be fast food it's got to either have a drive-through window if you got a drive-through you're fast food agreed and if you can sit down, but you have to go to the counter and have it handed across the counter to you, also fast food. Yes, I like that. And and while we're they, on it, can, can I bring it out to you? I don't think it's fast food. It can be fast casual, but Correct. I don't think that's fast food. Correct. Like, and also, I feel like if you have to, like, yeah, if someone has to bring you your check, like a server or something, yeah. you can't be fast food. The drive also, the drive through window is key too. The, the higher percentage of chairs and tables that are bolted to walls and floors mm. also really, really ups the fast food factor. Mm. Listen, I need to address something quickly. At fast food restaurants, I hate when people will order their food and then while they wait, they stand right at the counter. Oh, yeah. Come on. Like order touching me. the order counter, me. like right where the lady's like, you know, calling out orders like number 275. And it's like, man, just back up 10 feet. Yeah. I mean, and there's a rationale to that. A, we live in a society, get out of the way, let the next person through. Yeah. And B, if they handed it to you that quick that you couldn't even move out of the way, that's too fast of food. I like that. No, that's a good point. All right. What's your number one pick? Quit stalling. All right. Number one pick. And I do have like uh, some method to my madness. I'm trying to Mm -hmm. go across the spectrum here. First thing, when you think of fast food, you're getting lunch, you're getting a burger and fries, go on five guys. Wow. Wow, dude, I can tell you that's not on my list at all. You know, burgers are good. 
They've got some really good free options. Free, always a big thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fries are second to none, and they give you, like, I don't know. How much are you spending at Five Guys? You know, but well, that's the thing is, like I said, there are a million different things you can consider. And uh, price, yeah, it's cost prohibitive. But if I want the best burger, that's what I was going for. I'm trying to fill out some different food categories, and I'm just going for the best in the fast food category so if i want the best fast food burger i can get i'm going hmm. five all right shitty selection uh i'm gonna go what was that about not trampling over picks <laughs> i'm gonna go with what i can i can't believe i'm getting this at number two overall i'm gonna go with chick-fil-a i think like when you think of fast food restaurants and then you think of like the best ones almost always in the south are it is Chick-fil-A. Now, I will say that fast food to me, like when I think fast food, the number one thing is like... Obviously is, not 45-minute long drive through lines. Yeah, but dude, they're so quick. They're not. They just get your order quicker, and it's at the behest of uh, tw- uh, $12 an hour high school employees that they don't even let sit in their air-conditioned... Oh, so that's what now this is about. You're concerned there. about the employees' rights. That's what this is. Crowd. Disagree. Hard disagree, Mike. Closed on Sundays. Not a fan. But Chick-fil-A is has to be in every man's top four. So, Oh, I'm not going to say it's not good. It's great. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I love me a waffle fry. Go. Second uh, second round pick for you, third overall. All right. Well, you started with fire, so I'm going to return fire right across the bow. I'm going Popeye's. Wow. Good pick. Superior good pick. spicy chicken sandwich. Has anyone had more of a come up in the last, uh, what, two years than Popeye's? I mean, I think it's the marketing, man. They got it right. Now, I will say this. I will concede Chick-fil-A, while I think Popeye's does a better spicy chicken sandwich, Chick-fil-A is more consistent. I've had Popeye's ones that weren't as good. And and part of it can be a bug or it can be a feature, depending on how quirky you are. Part of the Popeye's experience is that you might order that spicy chicken sandwich and you get like a three-piece tender combo with red beans Mm. and rice instead. That's you know, true. Do, do you put any weight in? Um, you're li- like, you're leaving your fate in the hands of the Cajun gods, and they've been here longer than we have. They know what's best for us. The Popeyes employees are usually so mean, too. Ah, uh, well, you but, know. But I kind of like. Like, I don't. I'm not always mad at that. Like, I like it. I like a drive-through window attendant that that's got some spice. You know. Well, and perhaps I was short-sighted. Perhaps the high schoolers uh, trudging around in 80 degree heat isn't as bad as being next to a 300 degree fryer all day. My pleasure. Maybe they're maybe they're meaner because they're stuck next to that. I have worked with my back to a five hundred degree pizza oven before. It's no fun. Really? You should have turned around. Well, then I'd have my front to the front of a five hundred degree pizza oven, and yeah, but then you get it evenly distributed. You know, like a tanning (laughs) bed. Uh, You wanted me to rotisserie the thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, All right, uh, my number two pick. Man, this is just this is working out great for me, Mike. I feel bad yeah. for you and your rookie top four well, draft. I just think that we're equally strong. I have no contention either way. I think I'm gonna go with a, uh, I'm gonna go with a little known place called McDonald's. Ever heard of it? Uh, Number two overall, I mean, McDonald's, the staple. Whether you like it or not, 
you go to McDonald's. Doesn't matter who you are, whether you want to or not, you go to McDonald's, whether it's because other people in your traveling party are going to McDonald's or because it's, there's one on every single corner in the world. McDonald's is a staple and it's got to be in my top four. Uh, Chick-fil-A and McDonald's to start, Mike, you're in trouble, bro. You, you are correct in, in one very important point that you're going no matter what. Uh, while I do not personally like McDonald's. Nobody it, actually likes it. Fine. It's fine. Like if I'm drunk, I'll, I'll inhale some McNuggets and mm. the hash browns. I love, love the hash browns. McDonald's Not app too. McDonald's app is is pretty solid. Uh, see, well, that's um, and yeah. and that's kind of sad to say out loud, still, but but you were right that we're going no matter what because probably a quarter of my household's GDP is covered by Happy Meals because that's the only thing that keeps my two gremlins happy. You ever seen that movie, The Founder, about about the guy Ray Kroc? Uh, Ray guy, Kroc. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. But dude, the guy. I mean, it was. It was sort of a, a slime ball move. He basically just stole McDonald's from these two brothers. I'm pretty sure that if you did a deep dive documentary on most big business ideas, you'll find a slime ball that stole it from somebody. Well, except for Subway, their their founder and their uh, legacy is clean. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, oh shit! Did I just step on your? Did I? I don't want to step on picks here, but Jared from Subway, questionable things. I mean, uh, he might call in, but I, I'm pretty sure that he's got a pay his 50 cents and uh i don't know what his commissary is looking like right now <laughs> yeah uh he, he and carl malone should probably both be in that situation yeah uh, <laughs> carl malone's too busy taking <laughs> he's too busy with his time driving uh through the uh mcdonald's drive through for a happy meal oh my god dude if you know Jeez. what i mean yes yes i know what you mean mike sex stuff with underage girls mm-hmm. number three all right. Well, I'm going off the – this is a national chain, but it's nowhere near as ubiquitous as yours, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's. I feel like you're going real big brain on every corner. Of course. Uh, I've covered burgers. I've covered chicken. And we talked about Subway, and I am going sandwiches, but I wasn't going to go Subway. Okay. Have you ever been – and I checked out the map. There's nothing right near you. You'd have to get to Jacksonville, I think, to find the closest one to you. Have you ever been to Capriati's? No, I haven't. I'm counting it as fast food because it's a sandwich place. They hand it right over you the counter. You got to spell it for me, Mike. I write these down to, to stay official. Uh, Hang on. Stand Cap. Re-C-A-P-R-I-A-T-I apostrophe S. Not sure if it's like Jennifer Capriati, former 90s tennis star, but. Wait, 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 wait. The first letter is what? C. Okay, okay, okay. I thought, okay. Cap. Riotis. I can look it up in post. Um, this I'm going to assume. What, it, what is it? It's just a sandwich shop, but it's higher end. Um, have you been to a Jersey Mike's? Yeah, I have been. It's, it's a much better uh, version of C that. C plus. F- fresher ingredients, better bread. Capriotis. All right. Capriotis. What's your, um, let me ask you this. Do you have, do you go in and you already know, like I'm getting this sandwich or yeah, I usually, kinda... I usually get the hot Italian, but I've had the chicken parm. That's good. They've got a really good Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. But when do you decide what you're going to get? Like, is it already in your head on the way there that I'm going to Capriati's to get this or, yeah, well, or are you perusing yeah. the menu? No, no. Usually I know what I'm going to get and they do have a wide selection, but those three I named are, th- those are my go-tos. I rarely go off of that. 
Uh, yeah, that's a vet move. You got nice diversity so far. Um, that, that's which, what I'm going for. That's part of my plan. I'm I'm spreading my chips all over this roulette table. Gross. Don't be spreading anything on this roulette table. Um, all right. Five guys, Popeyes, Capriotis for Mike so far. Chick-fil-A and McDonald's for sure, boy. Uh, Taco Bell, number six overall. Taco Bell. Another brand name. What, What, Mike? What? I, I, I don't know if this is the best or worst top four ever because I'm pretty sure that we're going to end up with four picks apiece that we're not even on the other one's big board. Correct. I do not enjoy Taco Bell. Well, let me – okay, here's what I'll, I'll say. My strategy always, number one strategy, best player available. Mm-hmm. Best player available. I'm trying to bring the best talent into my building. I don't care about character issues. Uh, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care about uh, any of any of the stuff like Capriotis. You probably walk in. I'm guessing there's a guy in the bathroom handing out peppermints, uh, spraying you down with cologne. You, you're paying your thirty five dollars for your sandwich. Um, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. There are no questions about what's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a drive through no line that, because eighty percent of their business is at three a.m. when everybody's drunk. There is what's no so wrong with that, Mike? You're too good for that. Oh, you're too good for three a.m. tacos now. Is that what I'm getting? Yes. You son of a bitch. Chick Fil A, McDonald's, Taco Bell for me thus far. What's your last pick, Mike? My last pick. Now, while I don't enjoy Taco Bell, I do enjoy Mexican food or, you know, Tex-Mex adjacent. So I've got three words for you. Identify. Identify Tex-Mex. Moe's? You're counting Moe's? Moe's, yeah. They don't don't have a drive-thru? Yeah, they do. The one in Statesboro does. Oh, dude, this is going to be a contentious pick here. This is going to be a contentious pick. I disagree. I don't think Moe's is fast food. I mean, I, I don't know what the ones in Savannah are like. The one in Statesboro, you either get it at the register at the end of the line and they hand you your stuff, or they have a drive through window. They don't I, have a drive through window. I've got one here. in reserve. I've got one in reserve if you'd like. It's up to you, Mike. It's your own personal Do I need to hit a the, provisional over here? No, 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 no. You got to have a top four. No questions asked, but you can go with, with your own top. I mean, you could say Ruth's Chris if you want. Well, but the well, people are going to judge you. I'm just telling you right now. Well, that's why I was trying to establish what my parameters were for fast food. And that satisfied both of them. The Moe's I frequent most, or at least back when I lived in Statesboro, had both a drive through window. And if you were dining in, at the end of the purchase, you gave them the money. They gave you the food. You went to your table. I don't see how it's different from a Subway. Subways have drive throughs well, Oh, yeah, good point. Hey, hey, good point. That's a good point. So most stands? Yeah, I'll uh okay. damn it. Good pick. I would have I would have drafted that. Um I had literally I have Moe's in the question like I have a question. Well, at least mark. I know you like Moe's because if we ever go grab lunch, I mean up until this fourth pick, we wouldn't have been able to decide on where to go. Well that and then guess where we we would have gone? McDonald's. And we both and we both <laughs> would have hated is, it. That we is both would have hated it. I, I would have gotten my uh twelve piece nugget or ten piece nugget and you would have sat in the back with your happy meal. You're damn right, and I'm getting a boy's toy. <laughs> Moe's for Mike's final pick. That's a great pick there. All right. Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Taco Bell for me. You're very uh, corporate with your picks here. Yeah, duh, corporate draft. Um, also, any of these uh, fast food chains listening right now, if you guys want to sponsor. That, that was going to be my next move, too. If you didn't pick up the marketing on that, I would have. 
Yeah, and Coke and Pepsi, I will um, bash the other one and love the other one. What's your stance on the Magic Coke machine where you pick your flavors and all that? You you pro or con? I'm pro. I like the I like that it's there, that I have the ability to do it. But I'm just gonna go pretty base anyways. Coke, Dr. Well, I, Pepper, Sprite. I'm not gonna go like Dr. Pepper Cherry. Not gonna happen. Yeah. I, I view it the same as I view like places like World of Beer, where it's great, I enjoy it, and I know the horrifying things I would see if they ever opened that thing up and I saw the lines that were getting mixed. Right. So it's just out of sight, out of mind. And I will take my cherry coke. Yeah, don't ask, don't tell. All right, yep. uh, Mr. Irrelevant pick here, number eight overall. Uh, they'll do some honorable minchies. Um, give me cookout for the variety. Okay. Cookout, um, again, where else, look. Where else can you get an entree and two sides to do the same exact thing? That's what I'm saying, dude. So here's the thing. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Taco Bell, first three picks. Or you can go to cookout and get any of the stuff that you can get. From there, all, all on a trip. And a quesadilla, and don't you fucking judge me about it. <laughs> uh, always the double-sided drive, or the double drive-throughs, too, where they merge into one, which is just always exhilarating, just to see how it's going to shake out. <laughs> the the uh, two-and-a-half-mile-per-hour NASCAR race. At, uh... Bro, it really is, and, and that really is, like, a moment of truth. Like, what kind of person, what kind of man are you right now? Like, you got to make your pick, like, good guy, bad guy. Because you know... In those merge spots, everybody knows who's next. But maybe like maybe you have an opening, guys texting next to you. Do you swerve up? I, yep. I feel like I'm the guy that swerves in front for sure. You gotta listen to your man in the tower. <laughs> Cook out don't the fr- to get, Don't be afraid to get aggressive. Grubbin's racing, man. NASCAR references. Love it. Love it here on HGP. Uh, Mike, first time I ever had cookout was um Probably at a moment, a place in time where cookout was meant to be consumed, which was Statesboro, Georgia, um, at age like 19, um, when I, well, I guess I have to say I was 21. <laughs> I was 21. Alleg- yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly 21. Um, had literally just gotten beat up. Not beat up, but punched in the face, like lost the fight because my buddy was about to get his ass beat and I had no choice but to basically just walk into something and talk shit to somebody knowing I was going to get punched in the face. And people uh, say chivalry's dead. Yeah, that happened. Uh, and then I made his punk ass take me to cookout and buy me a shit ton of food. That was my first experience with it. And I'll never forget being like, what do you mean I can get a quesadilla, a burger, hush puppies and a milkshake? I was going to say they have milkshakes too, in case they got your jaw a little too good for chewing a thousand flavors of milkshakes. Um, all right. So you got five guys, Popeye's, Capriati's, Moe's. I got Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Taco Bell, cookout. You got any uh, notable honorable minchies? I- I've got two that are hyper local. One you may have heard of one. I guarantee you have not, but mm-hmm. I qualified both of them as chains because there are multiple locations and they go across the counter. So they're fast food. Mm-hmm. All right, number one, uh, I'm from a little town called York, Pennsylvania, and they are home to, I believe, four, four standalone locations and multiple farmer's market distribution centers, uh, a little place called Maple Donuts. 
Maple donuts. Maple That's donuts. Funny. And while they do sell maple glaze flavored donuts, they also have all the varieties that you would expect from anywhere else. It is far denser, probably way less healthy for you, but they blow Krispy Kreme, Dunkin' Donuts, what have you, out of the water. Their politics are abhorrent. Their donuts are delicious. Wow. Make that t-shirt. Yeah, if politics were involved, Chick-fil-A probably would not oh, be my whole, number one. It was a whole thing a couple elections ago because they got their billboards to advertise stuff other than donuts. So turn a blind eye <laughs> to that and just get your chocolate, uh, uh, your cream-filled chocolate ice donut and be on your way. Hell yeah. Ignore the moral ramifications. All about that. Um, I'll just run off mine quickly, Mike. I mean, it's more of the same. I got Arby's. I got Zaxby's. I got KFC for some. Yeah, nothing wrong with any of them. Uh, Zaxby's, you know, it's just always been the, the, the charging for the extra sauce is just, I, I just it's can't. Just like, and dying, you, man. I understand if you're trying to get six honey mustards, like we got to charge you a buck or two. But right. if, we, it, but it, if what I'm asking for is what comes with the meal, plus could I have an extra honey mustard? Yeah. Like, I really don't want to have to run my card again for 35 cent. Like, is this really yep. going to be the end of the franchise as we know it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, are you are you not making payroll if I don't pay you for this extra spicy sauce? I know what the shit, man. Um, all right, I, I've got one more. I've got one more. Uh, Give it to uh, me. honorable mention. Uh, do you do you get to making much? Uh, yeah, I, I guess when I have to be there, it smells have kind you, of. Have you ever gone to New Way Hot Dogs? <laughs> yeah, those things are awesome. They are awesome. Where do they have those anywhere else besides Macon? I believe there's three located. It might be down to two. I know one burned down. I don't know if they rebuilt it. Last I knew, there were three locations in Macon, Georgia. That sounds right. That that place, just knowing nothing about the story besides what you just said, Uh, that was for the insurance money. That's your marketing campaign, right? Right there. We were good enough to have three locations, and one of them burned down suspiciously. Yet we're still in operation. That's how you know it's good. (laughs) Burn it down, Pookie. Harold and Kumar. All right. Uh, that's the top four draft, folks. The return of the top four draft every week here with myself and Mike Anthony. Uh, there's your top four definitive fast foods. We'll let you guys be the judge of who won that one. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, man.
Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy, give him a call, 912-484-5282.